This is the fifth episode of the 2019 MLB season preview. We're looking at the NL Central, by far my favorite division in baseball. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh yeah, and somebody roll the intro music. Welcome back to Benchwarming Podcast. It's episode five of six of our mini-series previewing the MLB season this year. If you don't know what we're doing, once again, go back and listen to the other ones. If not, you'll catch on. Today, we're talking about the NL Central, and I could honestly sit here, talk about the NL Central all night. However, I'm going to try and do like I have been doing and keep it short, 10 to 15 minutes. That way, you guys can listen whenever you need to, and it's not super long. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. We're going to start over in Cincinnati with the Reds. They've been pretty active this offseason. They got Yasiel Puig. They got Sonny Gray. And honestly, those are two of their bigger additions that could have some help on them. They lost Matt Harvey. They did have him last year. And, you know, it's one of those things where in this division, the Reds look like the poor team just because of the other teams around them. You take a look at Joey Votto. He did take a step backwards last year. He had a pretty bad July and August in the season. He only had one home run during that span and he hit below, he hit right around 250. And so that's, I mean, that's not good, but I mean, Joey Votto should take the step forward and be back to his old self this upcoming year. The additions of Puig and Sonny Gray should be big helps. But in the end, as I said, just for this division, there are so many competitors in this division that while this is a good team, they're not, they don't have enough to excel to the front of this division. And that's really all I've got for them. I mean, they've got Jose Pereza, who is quick and everything. And they, they do have some other players on the team that are of note and of value. But again, refer back to just how stacked at the top. We're going to hit the other kind of cellar dweller that I see, and that's the Pittsburgh Pirates. They really didn't do a whole lot this offseason. I mean, they were pretty quiet. They lost the one big name that they were trying to keep during free agency, and that was Josh Harrison. He left, and I mean, they really didn't add anyone. They have Gregory Polanco, who his season was cut short last year by an injury, and he's expected to miss at least the first month of the season, if not more. But once he does come back, he should be on pace to have another good season, hit 15 to 20 home runs and steal multiple bases. And honestly, that's, I mean, he is the real star of this team right now. And by star, I mean, he's just the bright spot. Jameson Talion, he's good, but I mean, he is only 26 granted. However, he's just, he's not a top of the arm rotation that they need right now. He'll pitch well throughout the season. He did go 8-3 and three with a 2-3-3 ERA in 13 starts over the second half of last season, which those are good numbers, but when you just, when you lack star power, when you lack talent like you do, once again, in this division, it's going to hurt you more than anything else just because Talion can go out and pitch really well, but if you don't have a very good offense, all the last year the Mets, you're not going to do a whole lot when it comes to winning. And they do have another... They did have another good right-hander last year in Joe Musgrove, but he was shut down earlier in the season due to an injury. Again, his return should be helpful. It's just this division is just so stacked that 
you know, while Talion and Musgrove and, you know, when he gets back, Polanco, when those are three decent to good players, it's just not going to be enough. They might be able to hang around that 500 mark. I mean, in this division, I wouldn't be shocked if we were able to see every team above 500. It's probably not going to happen, but I think every team has the potential to be above 500. And so if everything aligns perfectly for this Pirates team, they could do some good things. However, I don't see everything aligning perfectly. I don't expect Talion or Musgrove to really be top of the rotation arms. I do expect them to play well, but not not as good as you need them to when you just lack talent around them, especially when you didn't go out and do anything this offseason. But hey, that's what the Pirates are known for. Very rarely do they go out and spend a whole lot of money in free agency. And I mean... It's not done them terribly over the past couple seasons. However, they have not performed up to par as what they would like to. Heading over to St. Louis, we're going to take a look at the Cardinals real quick. They did make a pretty bold move when they traded for Paul Goldschmidt. That is key. It's going to be interesting to see how he does playing as many games in Bush Stadium as he does. It's probably going to cost him some home runs because it is notorious that the ballpark in Arizona has a higher amount of home runs going out of it. So he'll probably lose some home runs there, but I do think that he will contribute a lot more than just home runs. He can he can steal, which is rare for a first baseman. He stole 32 bags in 2016. However, he only stole 25 over the past two seasons. Maybe that's just because he wasn't getting the green light or what, but he does have speed for a first baseman. So that's a big addition. Getting back, Dexter Fowler will be huge because he was hurt last year. The one big question right now for the Cardinals is going to be that starting rotation. Carlos Martinez for past couple of years was the ace of the staff. However, injuries have really derailed him and put him more into a reasonable bullpen role just because you don't want to risk hurting him more than what he already has been hurt. So it's going to be interesting. It's, he's expected to return to the rotation this year. But with again, with arm injuries, you never really know if he's going to be able to stay healthy this year. If he does stay healthy, how long is he going to stay healthy? And if he does stay healthy for the full season, do we see consistent stuff out of him? Or do we see kind of a decline towards the end of the season because he's not pitched a full season in the past couple years? And I mean, they do have Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller both in the bullpen. However, as I was talking to someone the other day, you can't have Jordan Hicks and Andrew Miller out there every game. While it would be nice and I guess theoretically possible if you really spaced it out correctly it's not gonna happen and you take a step back and look at this bullpen while they do have some decent arms in it a lot of them are young arms a lot of them are going to show some wear and tear throughout the season because they're not used to the full schedule of the big leagues so if there's really one big question about this Cardinals team it's going to be not only this starting rotation what it looks like after Carlos Martinez and Jack Flaherty but what, what does this bullpen look like outside of, once again, their two big arms of Andrew Miller and Jordan Hicks? Obviously, those are two good players coming out of the bullpen. However, like I said, you've got to have people around them to support them because they can't go out there and throw 162 games. And in this, in this division, once again, it's such a loaded division at the top. You need some more help around it. But that's really all I've got for the Cardinals. I expect another good year out of them. We're heading up to Milwaukee now, looking at the Brewers. And I'm going to just be honest, I'm not super worried about the Brewers repeating last year. I think that last year, everything aligned for the Brewers perfectly. Christian Yelich had a great year. And, you know, the Cubs were 
offensively anemic at some point, and then other times it was just like they would put 20 runs on the board. And so everything really aligned for the Brewers perfectly. I don't expect Christian Yelich to put up a another 36 home run year. I just I don't see that happening. I think that he will put together another good year, but by no means is he going to have another MVP season or anything like that. Ryan Braun is starting to get old, and he's starting to show that wear and tear. They did get Yasmani Grandal, who was in a sense the star catcher of this free agency, but I honestly think that's just because there weren't really a whole lot of catchers that were actually considered free agents. We had JT Realmuto, however, he was not a free agent; he was traded. So I'm really, I'm not that big on Yasmani Grandal as some other people are. Miller Park is a, oh, it's not, uh, for a little bit more, it's going to be Miller Park. However, they are changing the name of it within the next couple of years, which is really sad. But it is a bit more of a hitter-friendly ballpark, which I think is the big thing when you look at Yelich and you look at Grandal coming in, is that's going to help them. And it's going to kind of biasly inflate those numbers just because of how easy it is to hit home runs. It is a closed-in park and everything. So those are those are two big-name players to like kind of look at. I don't expect them to have big things going this year. And really the biggest, biggest thing that still baffles me is this Brewers starting rotation. I mean, they really don't have any big names. All of last year, they lost Jimmy Nelson. And if he's able to come back and he's able to pitch well, that's going to be a help. He does have the ability to be a top-of-the-rotation arm. However, I just, there are so many question marks and so much lack of talent with the rest of these starting pitchers in this rotation that I don't understand how they were able to win games in the first place. And I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to like say, oh, these guys aren't talented, but they just, they are mediocre pitchers at best. And somehow they were able to just kind of get through those games to get to this bullpen while they do have some pretty strong arms in the bullpen like Josh Hader and so on. Their starting rotation is just super poor, and for the most part, they were averaging five to six and a third, six and two-thirds innings. None of them were really getting to that seven-inning-plus mark that you would like to see, like right around there and like closer to seven innings. You were seeing a lot of five-inning outings for these pitchers last year, and at some point, this is going to start to stack up against them and hurt them, and I think we do start to see a little bit of it this year now that people are aware of what's in that bullpen and are able to kind of watch more tape and get better timing and everything. I just, this team, I, like I said, I think everything aligned perfectly for them last year. That doesn't mean that they can't do it again this year. It doesn't mean that Christian Yelich and Yasmani Grandol don't go out and do really well. However, I just, I don't foresee Yelich having another MVP season. I don't see Yasmani Grandol all of a sudden becoming a star catcher. I expect them to both kind of revert back to their middle of the pack tendencies and abilities that's really all i've got for the brewers now we're gonna head on to my favorite team in case you haven't been able to pick up on and that's the cubs didn't really do a whole lot in the offseason really didn't do anything their quote-unquote big name signing was daniel descalco they did they did pick up cole hamill's 2018 option so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see and i don't want to make this sound biased because i am a cubs fan but this team won 90-plus games last year, and it seemed like everything went wrong for them. They were dealing with injuries. Bryant hardly played the season healthy, and then all the money that they spent on you Darvish, and he pitched like eight games before he was out. He pitched, I think, a total of like 40-some-odd innings, and he was out for the rest of the season. There was the whole Tyler Chatwood experiment that has really kind of gone off the rails for them. 
And it's just, it seems like there was so much that went wrong last year for the Cubs and they were still able to win 90 games. If they're able to kind of combine things, Javi Baez, I don't expect him to be, again, he's another one that I don't expect to be as good as he was last year. I do expect some good things out of him. I do expect 25 to 30 home runs and hopefully another 100 RBI season. He's very versatile, which really makes him a big asset to this team. So hopefully he's able to do some big things. I do expect some nice things from him. My big question for this team, just like I've said for the past couple teams, is the starting rotation. Obviously, there's a lot of talent on this team. Lester's starting to get older, but he still has some talent. We don't necessarily need him to pitch as a top-of-the-rotation arm because we have Kyle Hendricks, who had a down year last year. He was dealing with injuries as well. And then you've got Jose Quintana, who in some other teams would be a number one starter as a two or three starter on the Cubs. Cole Hamels, Pitched really well after the trade to Chicago. He went 4-3 and three with a 2-3-6 ERA and 12 starts for the Cubs. He cut his home run rate in half post-trade with the Cubs. And so those are some big things for them. My other thing is, who's going to be the closer for the Cubs? Obviously, I mean, we have Brandon Morrow. We have Carl Edwards. And there's some other options. Pedro Strope is probably... As long as he is healthy, he's going to be the closer until Morrow comes back. It's possible that we see Madden mix it up once he comes back. Who really knows? But the question is going to be, who will be that closer? Who will be that ninth inning arm that goes out there for the Cubs and really closes these games down? And then really the only other thing that I have about the Cubs is who's going to be that primary center fielder. Are we going to see Ian Happ out there more times? Or are we going to see Albert Almora? Obviously, Happ has more power and more promise when it comes to hitting home runs. However, Almora has gold glove potential when playing out there in the outfield. He is one of the better center fielders in the game right now defensively. So it's going to be interesting to see which one of them plays more. Um, We'll probably see more of Hap just because he is kind of a jackknife player, just like Javi. We have seen him play in outfield and center field, obviously, but we also saw him play a lot at third base last year with the injury to Bryant. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up on this Cubs team. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up on any of these teams in the Central. I could sit here and talk about this division all night, about different things on each team that could potentially make them a favorite to win the division or a favorite to be in the cellar, but I'm not going to. I'm going to head over to our projected win totals. Right now, three teams tied at the top at 89-73, and that's the Cubs, the Cardinals, and the Brewers. And then Pittsburgh is projected to be 76-86, and with Cincinnati being 75 and 87. I like the way this is set up with that kind of three-team tie up at the top just because I don't really know. Either one of those teams could finish 1-2-3 in that division. The Cubs could easily finish with 95-plus wins. So could the Cardinals. I expect Milwaukee's top to be somewhere in that 90-95 to game range. I don't expect them to see more than 95 wins this season. So I expect Milwaukee more than less likely will finish in either that second or third position because I fully expect the team that wins this division to be somewhere in that 95 to 100 game uh, win column. So it really could go anyway. I do like if everything goes better for the Cubs than it did last year, I do like the Cubs finishing in first place in this division again. St. Louis coming in second with Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. So essentially how I had it set up, I do like that. And if I have to pick one person out of this division to be an MVP candidate, I kind of picked two because I couldn't decide. And they're both first basemen. It's Rizzo and uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Both of them bring a lot to the team, more than just offensively. Both are great on the defensive side and are really key players to each team. 
And if they both have great years this year, we could see the Cubs and the Cardinals back in the playoffs again and playing in that NLDS. It's going to be interesting to see how this division goes. I think that this personally is the best division in baseball just because you could make a case for any one of these teams, as I said, to finish at the top. And you could also make a case for any one of these teams to lose 100 games and finish at the bottom. But that's really all I've got for the Central for the time period, just for the sake of that. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stick around. We've got one more episode for this preview coming at you. It'll probably be coming at you sooner rather than later, just because the season does start pretty soon. So come back for that. Hope you guys enjoy the show and peace.